This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to another edition of the show. A little later on, we're going to be talking with Dawson Creek Mayor Darcy Dober about what's been happening in the Mile Zero City over the summer. And we'll get his take on some of the major news stories that have come out of the South Peast in the past few months. But first, Patricia Martin, the owner of the historic Rolla Pub in Rolla, needs a new place to live. So some residents have come together to fundraise the money to build Patty a new place to live, as the Rolla Pub itself, where she lives in the living quarters now, is no longer safe to live in. To talk a bit about how we got to this point and how we can help out, we're joined now by a friend of Patty's, Kelly McDuff. Kelly, welcome to Moose Talks. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, because the pub's been closed for close to like three years now, I think it is, there's there's probably people in Fort St. John who have no idea what I'm talking about when I say the Rolla Pub. So I thought we'd start with that. Um, we were talking before the show. Um, you know, I've been there a couple times. You've actually spent quite a bit of time there in your life. Tell us a bit about the place and and even what it means to you personally. Yeah, so it's a 100-year-old building, and it's um, it used to be known as the Columbian Hotel. Mm-hmm. And um, it was where the, the soldiers would go, um, you know, as they called it their watering hole when they were building the Alaska Highway. So it's, you know, I've been owned by two different families, and um, Patty's family um, bought it in mid-1960s. And um, they've ran it right till, you know, it closed down during covid Mm-hmm. And I personally know Patty because we've been to the pub um, for five years prior to do like a celebration. We called it a fill your cup up event. And we'd bring our friends that we love and care about and, you know, rarely see because most people are busy and kids and sports and that. So we'd go once a year to the Rolla pub, um, you know, during the September equinox. So around like September 21st. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, celebrate the ones that we love that are currently living and then also celebrate the ones who have passed on. So it was just a, an annual event that we went every year. And um, sometimes Patty would shut down the pub just for us because we'd have, you know, full capacity. And then when COVID um, pushed it to like half capacity, we would also shut down the pub and just bring a group of people from Fort St. John to the Rolla pub, which is just outside of Dawson Creek for those who don't know where Rolla is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of a, I guess, North of town there. And it, it, it's such a neat place to me because it's off the highway a bit and, and you have to kind of know where you're going to find it. It's, it's, I won't say it's in the middle of no, nowhere, but it's in a little farming community. And then this hundred year old pub is there that, uh, the way I knew about it as sort of a Mecca for music in the region. The artists from, all over Canada, all over BC have played that room, have gone to play that room. And I, I've spent a couple really exceptional evenings there watching music with my friend Monica. And it was just such a cool place to go. There's stuff on the wall, including kind of history of the place, little um, you know, figurines that I guess Patty and her family had collected over the years. And I mean, what's full capacity there, Kelly? Do you remember? Like, I don't think it was I even 50 it's... people. 
Yeah, I believe it's 43 people, maybe 43 or 47 people. Yeah. And it's just like a little, you know, I don't even know, maybe 500 square feet. Like it's not very big. Um, Tiny place. The bar taking up part of the space. So she would um, save up her tips to actually get these musicians to come in. And so she didn't, it was nothing for her. It was all about bringing the community and the people in and, you know, allowing the musicians to share their gifts and, you know, their art. Mm-hmm. So it was just such a special place. And yeah, a lot of antiques, collectibles, knickknack stuff that just made you feel like, you know, a part of you would connect to a certain piece and um, just keep you coming back for more. Yeah, it was it was an awesome place. And I was so sad uh, when it closed down. Uh, I mean, you, you've brought it up now. I mean, Patty, of course, such an enormous part of the character of that place and has been for some time. Um, you know, You know, you've touched on it already. Tell us a bit about you know, Patty and, and, and sort of, you know, kind of, this was her livelihood. She, she was always working the pub, kind of slinging drinks. She had snacks and whatnot. And she was just this friendly face to everyone who would could kind of walk through the door. And even if you didn't know her, she kind of, you felt like you've known her. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure if I talked to her, she, she may not remember who I am, but from the first moment I met her, I felt like this is like an old friend, you know? Yeah, you just feel this deep soul connection, like you've known her your whole life. And you can just pick up a conversation about anything and, and feel like heard and seen and understood. And she just has this, you know, beautiful essence about her, just this compassion and um, just empathy, and just like a sweet, sweet soul. And um, I, I think a lot of it comes down to like, she put her heart and soul into that building. That was her mission. That was her purpose. And she lost her husband um, when he was 32 years old. So she was left, you know, with a big responsibility. And that's also all she knew at that time was to take care of her kids and raise her kids. And then she also, like, unfortunately lost her son at 17 years old as well. So she had been through a lot of, you know, heartache and, and, you know, trauma. So I believe, you know, a big part of the pub was, you know, um, it was like all her children, like all her soul children, all her soul family. So she just made everyone really feel special and, and welcomed. And yeah, it was very sad time for everybody when the, when the place closed, you know, due to COVID restrictions and that. Mm-hmm. And it, correct me if my, I'm wrong. I believe we were coming up on the hundredth anniversary, kind of when COVID hit, she had some things planned. There was a special brew uh, or sorry, a, a special beer being brewed in kind of honor of the pub. And then COVID uh, comes along the close kind of all public spaces. And that's kind of been it since then it was closed, but some other things have happened to the building since then. That's kind of made it so that it's likely never going to open now. Correct. Yeah, I, you know, also, you know, the age of the building, right? There's a lot of um, work that needs to be done just to maintain a building that's 100 years old. So it was first established in 1920. So yeah, 2020 would have been the 100th anniversary Mm -hmm. um, of the pub. So and then during that time, a drunk driver also hit the building and it shifted the whole building. So um, and where he hit, it had um, shifted where the bar was and it kind of caved in the wall. So, you know, there's weather coming in, water coming in, and just the structure itself is is not as strong as it once was. Um, and then, you know, like I said, just the age of the building. It's just there's there would be a lot of money to be able to restore that building. And, yeah. and our hopes one day is to be able to get grants from the government and to be able to restore that whole building. And 
allow it to be maybe a museum one day or, you know, something to, you know, keep that, that history alive. Cause there's not many buildings in the area that are, you know, of this age. So right now our main goal is to, yeah, just get her a safe place to live. And, um, a tiny home has been started mm-hmm. and a quite a bit done. So we're just looking to finish and complete it so she can, you know, spend her first winter not having to worry about, you know, the weather and the water and all the, you know, chaos coming into the building. You know, she's 66 years old now as well. So due to age and, you know, life and she just wants to be able to enjoy her grandbabies and, and life right now, just not not worry about, you know, her living quarters and situation. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is there, there's a home's kind of on the way to being built, but uh, you're looking for more funding to kind of finish everything off in there, essentially? Not so much funding, just looking for people to um, provide their sweat equity, you know, their their specialties, whether you're a trades, like a journeyman, gotcha. a carpenter, electrician, plumber, um, people who have, you know, built tiny homes, any anything, any information that people have, and, you know, just able bodies to be able to come out and help us finish it. Um, we pretty much have everything that you know, in order to finish it, we just need to take the steps and and finishing it and getting the right people. So it's built to code and, you know, able to, you know, just live in the house without no stress and no worries. I see. Okay. Well, if someone listening to this says, you know, I've got some time and I've got some skills, I might be able to help out to uh, make sure Patty has a place to live. Um, What's the best way to kind of get in touch to say, hey, I, I, I can help? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook and um, under Kelly Christine, so K-E-H-L-Y and then C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. And you can also email me at kelly.christine at gmail.com would be the best way. Um, I have a couple of Facebook groups on um, social media. So get in touch through there. I can add you to the private group, the people who have volunteered to work. Um, and yeah, if you are a journeyman who wants to, you know, come out and help and help us do it properly. That would be amazing. Um, and then also, you know, we're having a sale of all the stuff from the pub mm-hmm. um, on October 6th and 7th. So October 6th is a Friday and that will be from 3 to 7 p.m. Um, and then on Saturday, it'll be 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. So we're going to be selling a lot of the items from the pub, wanting them to go to, you know, amazing homes that will cherish these items as well so you know come out and support and then i believe we're going to have some baked goods as well and it's thanksgiving weekend so maybe come out and just even purchase some baked goods and enjoy that with your family wonderful well um kelly i'm really appreciative of the time you took to talk to me today i hope this is one of many conversations we can have as patty gets moved into a more suitable home and as you said maybe we can uh, be talking more about how the pub is is going to be restored one day. So I'm really grateful for your time today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. You're very welcome. That's uh, Kelly McDuff, uh, who is a friend of Patty Martin, the owner of the Rolla Pub. Uh, They're uh, putting together a crew to help uh, make sure that Patty has a place to live this winter. All right, well, we'll be right back to talk more and uh, to talk to the Dawson Creek Mayor, Darcy Dober, right after this on Moose Talks. Welcome back to the show. Now it's time we caught up with all things City of Dawson Creek with the Mayor of Dawson Creek, Darcy Dober. Again, we spoke to him a little earlier on about a wide range of topics affecting uh, his constituents in the Mile Zero City. Here's that conversation now. Mayor Dober, thank you for making time for me today in Moose Talks, and nice to meet you. 
Yeah, nice to meet you as well, and thank you for the invite. I'm uh, excited to be here. Well, I thought we'd start with uh, UCBM. You were just there with some councillors last week, I guess it was. Uh, Tell me a bit about the uh, motion you put forward that would help save some money uh, for people in northeastern BC. Yeah, I will for sure. Um, Councillor McDonald actually put forward a motion um, in 2022. The province, uh, the provincial government um, enacted a PST surcharge on all fossil fuel appliances. So uh, the motion forward was to ask for an exemption for Northern British Columbia, um, you know, strictly as, you know, most of the, this new technology with heat pumps don't work in our areas. The minus 20 weather, you know, over longer period of times, they've been proven to fail. So uh, we felt that, you know, it's a, a safety concern to families and homes to have this and, uh, you know, being forced basically forced to do it or paying a surcharge if we want to not do it then Mm -hmm. it just didn't seem fair for this area so yeah wonderful um i want to talk a bit about uh kind of the citizens on patrol group and crime in dawson creek um this kind of started earlier this year i think and i know it's since uh we've got one uh forming or has formed already in fort st john I thought if you could tell us a bit about, you know, what your reaction was when this first came up and, and what you've kind of heard feedback from the the group itself. And, and if you've seen that they've been an effective, you know, prevention of crime in, in Dawson Creek. Yeah, I mean, it was initial. I mean, it, the cops program or citizens on patrol has been along for a lot of years, but wasn't active in Dawson Creek. And we had some, you know, issues with crime, which a lot of these municipalities are having. Uh, so a group of citizens got together and, and started it up and it was officially in January or February where they started actually being, you know, having foots out on the streets. And I mean, when I say foots driving out on the streets, yeah. uh, but I, they've done each month, it's been anywhere from 40 to 80 hours of volunteer work has gone into it. Um, and it's been great. It's, it's helped the RCMP a lot. Uh, they work closely with the RCN, RCMP on areas that, you know, need to be watched and looked at. And, you know, it's just another set of eyes for the RCMP, which um, in, in today's world is helping them a lot. So like anything, um, the biggest struggle is volunteers. Uh, so, but, you know, there, there is a bit of, you know, a, a decent sized group that is working with them. And, and we hope that it'll gain some momentum and, and grow moving forward. Yeah, and we're going back a bit now here, but I did want to kind of hear your comments on um, WestJet pulling out uh, their services to the Dawson Creek Airport. I mean, there are airports nearby, but nonetheless, it was a lot more convenient when they were there, and now they're not. Uh, I, I just wanted your thoughts on it and kind of what you've heard from people who are affected by the fact that WestJet doesn't service Dawson Creek anymore. Yeah, I think, you know, it was tough, right, losing them. They came in right before COVID into Dawson Creek. So, you know, the toughest two years in that industry possible, they started in Dawson Creek. So um, they just couldn't, you know, justify keep going after that. So, yeah, it's been tough. I mean, we're blessed and fortunate that we have Fort St. John and Grand Prairie this close to us. But it it does impact um, folks that, you know, maybe – you know, have a harder time traveling or driving that distance, you know, lots of our time up here is winter. So you don't always want to be on the highways. So it's definitely impacted our community for sure. And uh, we're going to continue to push forward with our airport and look at, you know, other aviation companies that could come in and offer a commercial service. So, 
And then I, uh, I also wanted to touch on, uh, this is a brand new story, but uh, residents of Dawson Creek who um, use the Bank of Montreal just found out that the uh, branch is going to be closing in Dawson Creek, I believe, next spring. Um, again, what have you been hearing from, you know, people who use that bank about the fact that now if they want to do in-person banking, you know, they're going to have to come to Fort St. John or, or go to Grand Prairie, I suppose. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because it's been hard on them. I've talked to a few um, residents at bank there and are, are affected by this. And yeah, it's difficult for them, right? Because, you know, it's not as easy just to switch over everything to another bank. You can do most stuff online, but there's some you can't do. And there's just something about being able to go into a bank too and having that personal touch for those that still like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's tough, right? And, um, you know, Bank of Montreal has closed a couple branches in Western Canada, you, you know, and it's disappointing, you know, with a, a corporation like that, that I, I think they profited $25 billion last year. Um, and I, I don't understand where they would you know, go to, to say like, we need to close this branch or that branch when you're, you've been that successful, but I I don't know exactly what their formula is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know on the other breath, they, they have given people till April, which, you know, I I guess it could have been worse too, right. They could have given less notice. So yeah. Try and look at both sides of everything. Mm -hmm. It, I, I assume, uh, the kind of the other major banks all have, uh, you know, storefronts, if we call it that, in Dawson Creek. Is, does that sound right to you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, they all do. Yeah. Are Are you concerned at all uh, about them kind of making the similar decision to close? Or as far as you know, this is sort of an isolated incident that's just Bank of Montreal. Yeah, as far as I know, it's isolated. I've talked to some of the other banks, and I don't, I, I, I don't see that being... Um, you know, on their radar, mm-hmm. uh, Bank of Montreal. I'm assuming is was probably one of the um, less used banks in town. Maybe I, I mean they would have their stats, but yeah, yeah, the, the other banks definitely seem a you know busier for sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I mean who knows with you know the way technology and you know everything's advancing so quick. I, you know, I, I don't know if this is a sign to what's to come for all of us, or you know if it's just kind of a one off. So. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this as well. Um, Dawson Creek was sort of at the center of, of two sizable evacuations this summer. Um, the fires north of Fort St. John, we had a lot of evacuees who came to Fort St. John. But then when Fort St. John was under an alert, they were being redirected to Dawson Creek. And then later, when Tumbler Ridge and sort of the Kelly Lake areas and, and areas south of you were evacuated, again, they had to go to Dawson Creek. Overflow went to Chetwin, came to Fort St. John, uh, yada, yada. I just wanted your kind of thoughts on on that process and, and sort of what you saw from, you know, city employees running the emergency services center uh, and the operations center and, and people kind of coming together to help each other out really f- for a lot of the summer this year <laughs> because yeah. people were on evacuation alert or order for a lot of time in the piece. Yeah, it was a busy summer. I, you know, I I look back at um, it and, you know, I look at why I sit in this chair and why I'm, you know, I'm thankful that I get to be here and it's about our community and our people and because I want to give back and help. And these emergencies were, you know, the same thing. Like I, I, I was proud to call Dawson home and even the Peace Region just to see 
Um, you know, when people are, you know, in those stressful moments and emergencies and their lives being changed, just to see a community and a region come together to help people, it, it's what it's all about. And, it, uh, you know, I couldn't speak highly enough for the, the, the staff that were there, Chelsea, uh, who works for the city, who runs the emergency center, uh, all the volunteers, our businesses, our residents, um, and not just from Dawson Creek, from, you know, Puskupi, the region, like everybody was together to help. Chetwin, Tumblr, Fort St. John. Like it, it really just shows that at the end of the day, it's what it's all about. It's about people. It's about taking care of people. It's about treating people right. Uh, it's about doing the next right thing all the time. And um, yeah, I just, you know, so thankful um, that, I, that I get to be here today and, uh, you know, witness all that. And, and just, I, I was proud. I, I was proud of our community and just to really watch people come together. And, you know, the calls I would get about, you know, just residents saying like, you know, I have a, you know, I have a trailer if somebody needs to, a place to stay or we got extra mm-hmm. bedrooms. Like it, it was just all of it. It, it. You know, it's just, I find that always with the North and the peace region is, is anytime somebody's in, you know, any kind of, you know, emergency or any stress on their families, like we come together, you know, we're, we, we persevere through those things and we help each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more for you. I want to make sure I ask you about the new multi-use courts at Kin Park. Um, they opened recently. Uh, what, what have you been hearing, uh, you know, from people who use that area? What's the, what's the response been so far? Uh, the response has been amazing, actually. Um, first off, the you know the company and the city staff did an amazing job building the courts. Uh, they're done very professional and done to the best quality that could be done. And yeah, the users love it. Uh, there's been people using it all the time, so it's just so nice to drive by, you know, any time of the day and see people on it. And you mm-hmm. know that stuff brings community together. It, it, it really like strengthens your core about just getting out doing things but you know even the pickleball association here they've already had a tournament out there and uh yeah it's just amazing to see it it's it's just very like you know community heartwarming to see folks out there using it and and it's been you know there's been kids out there families uh seniors all different uh ages and yeah it, it's been amazing to see some people trying the sport so it's it's been great so Mm-hmm. And one final uh, one for you it came out in the spring out of uh, Dawson Creek City Council. Uh, this idea of, I suppose, encouraging uh, the growth of a sticker or sign park uh, kind of around the mile zero post sign uh, in downtown Dawson Creek. Similar idea to sort of what you see at Watson Lake with the signs from really all over the world telling you how far away you are from there. Um, again, I just want kind of your thoughts on, on that idea and kind of where we're, we're at right now with it. As, as I said, I think it was introduced in the spring. So we're kind of a couple months away uh, since, since that yeah. idea came out. Yeah, it was Councillor Apollonio that um, put that motion forward. And it was, um, you know, we have a couple signs uh, right there on our Welcome to Alaska Highway highway so there's been stickers um tourists have been putting stickers all over it and it's it's starting to fill up so you know he had an idea of you know maybe building like a sticker park or Mm -hmm. um, some area one that will protect the longevity of the sign but also might be a thing like watson lake where um, you know it's just another thing that people want to come see so 
uh, right now it's uh, council, you, you know, we all like the idea and moved it forward. So it's just been in the staff's hands looking at, you know, if that, how we can do it, where we can do it, because it'll take up some room. So, you know, just seeing if the current location works, if we'd have to put it somewhere else, what, you know, those boards would look like, how they're made, what they're made out of, how they would last. So they're just looking at all parts of it. Um, and I'm assuming this fall we have our our budget uh, consultation starts. So we'll, I'm sure at that point it'll be brought back and we'll be looking at, you know, different areas and uh, they'll, they'll have some recommendations for us. So. Wonderful. Well, Mayor Dover, I really appreciate you taking some time uh, to chat with me about this today and we're going to have to have you on again in the near future. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm uh, excited that I was able to, and I, I appreciate the offer and, and asking me to come. So thank you very much. And I look forward to doing it again. So that's Darcy Dober, the mayor of Dawson Creek, who joined us from his office in Dawson Creek City Hall. Our thanks to him and our other guest, Kelly McDuff, today for joining us. Make sure you stay up to date every morning with local news delivered straight to your inbox. You can sign up for the energeticcity.ca newsletter right now at energeticcity.ca slash newsletters. You can also keep up to date on local municipal government politics with our Peace Politics newsletter as well. Again, to sign up, head over to energeticcity.ca slash newsletters. Well, that's our show for today. We are taking a week off from Moose Talks, but we'll be back with a new episode on October 13th. Jordan Prentice and Trey Lopashinsky are the producers of the show. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.